0: My back's been out, out of place for a couple of days now. Have you been stretching? Uh, apparently, not enough. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get on every, the floor. Every time I do, it crackles. The dance floor, that is. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay. It's, uh, it's Tuesday morning. Might as well talk about photography. Uh, got nothing else to do. Got nothing else to do. Uh, my laundry's all done. Um, well, apparently, there there still is a garbage truck out out my window.
1: Apparently, they haven't done all the things they, they have, to do have before they done... talk to
0: photography. No. no. Well, at least the, at least the dog downstairs is not barking. Uh, but it is Tuesday, and uh, and that means another exciting episode of on taking pictures.
1: Right. That was my show, Showman's
0: sound. Your sh- your showmanship. Yeah. Uh, so so here we go. Um, on taking pictures, episode one six one. Uh, hey, who knew we'd outlast David Letterman?
1: <sighs> Did you watch the last show, the last episode? Well, hold,
0: well, hold on, hold on. Uh, who are we? Okay, uh, go ahead. Jeffrey Sidoris from Faded and Blurred. Uh, Bill Wadman from uh, from Parts Unknown, and currently. <laughs> Brooklyn, New York. Uh yeah, I did watch the end, the the final show. Yeah. I saw, I saw the highlight
1: reel. I don't have a uh, TV to watch it live, so I, I but I watched uh it was cool. You know. I he he didn't go out in a blaze of um uh schmaltziness
0: as some people No, do. I think he was true to himself. I, yeah. I think that 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 uh you know, it, it's got to be overwhelming for, for Dave, who is admittedly not one for self sort of reflection. praise and reflection. Yeah. Um, and doesn't, doesn't really, you know, he gets, he gets embarrassed. He gets, you know, sort of shy about, about praise and things like that. And to have for the last six, eight weeks to have all these people kind of coming on and telling them, you know, telling him how much he's meant and, and how much, they're, they're going to miss him and how much it, that's got to be overwhelming. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. in, on some level, the morning, and I, I know that's not the, probably the right word, but, Fair enough. but mourning the loss of the show or, or the end of this run, you know, it's probably been happening for months. So by the time it's, it's actually there, 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 I would imagine there, there's some sense of relief too. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I saw Tom Waits on there and I, you know, I like Tom Waits and, he was very Tom Waitsy on the on the episode that I saw um i you know the thing is, I never had a big late night thing like I watched Letterman every once in a while, but I was never a religious I like letterman of, yeah,
0: I think yeah. Tom Waits has become a caricature of himself he's he's he's, <laughs> he's now so strange. he's now just doing Tom Waits. It's he's Tom Waits so, constantly doing Tom Waits. he's so strange, you know um but every once in a while guy but whatever. Uh, I like the Bob Dylan performance. I like the Eddie Vedder <clears throat> performance of of Better Man. That was good with the band backing him up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Foo Fighters, of course, were were good. Um, yeah, Foo Fighters. I didn't I didn't know the story behind the uh, the, 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 the the when he when he had his quintuple bypass. Yeah. Uh, and and for those of you who don't know, uh, Dave had a quintuple bypass years ago, and and when he came back, I think he was out for six weeks, and when he came back. Uh, they asked him who, you know, who do you want on the show? And he said, I'd like, I'd like the Foo Fighters. And, uh and so, okay, his, his entertainment director, whatever yeah. her Call, title is. Calls up Dave Grohl. Yeah. And they, you know, says, uh well, we're, we're, we're on tour in South America. So she goes back and tells Dave, well, it turns out they're on tour in South America. And he says, well, you know, that, that's really kind of a bummer. I'd really And she says, no, don't worry about it. They've canceled their tour. They'll <laughs> be here. So they canceled the whole South American tour to be on Dave's show. and, and uh, <laughs>
1: Make Dave Letterman happy. 400 million Brazilians, very upset.
0: <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. Uh, but, you know, kind of a kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and, sure. and there, you know, there were great touches like, the, you know, Bill Murray first guest, Bill Murray last guest. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and sort of when he came back, Foo Fighters were playing and then they were the last band to play. So that, I liked, I like that. I liked yeah. the, the, the way he, he, he did it. And then, you know, I, I think I, they call I, that I, bookends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the format, you know, I mean, it's the, 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 the format of late night has changed and it's, you know, much like the format of, of so many other things, but I like that, that sort of classic talk show format. Yeah. Um, And and now that Dave's gone, you know, who knows what what uh, Stephen Colbert will do? I mean, Stephen Colbert is kind of a wild card because we don't really know who he is. Yeah. We all we, we know is the persona that he's been putting. Yeah. On for we the last we know years. the yeah the character. So I don't, nobody really knows. It's yeah. he could be terrific. Yeah. Uh, or he could be Chevy Chase. You know? Who knows? I think he'll be fine.
1: Yeah. I I've, I have faith in Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Uh, did now let me ask you a question. Did you have faith in George Miller before you saw Fury Road?
0: Absolutely. You I did? love <laughs> that universe. I, I absolutely love the universe. I think Miller is, is a terrific director. Um, and I, I really enjoyed Mad Max Fury Road. If you haven't seen it, uh, it was funny. I, I posted something about, about the simple story of it. And, and, uh, David Gardner says, yeah, well, you know, you're not going to see the English patient. Yeah, it's true. So you, you kind of know going in. And and it look, it's a simple story, but you're there for the you're you're there for the drive. You're there for the road. You're there for the journey of getting there. And and it is a spectacular universe. It's a very pretty movie. Uh yeah. And and uh, so the, the reason we're talking about this is uh for the Blu-ray of of Mad Max Fury Road, um there will be two additional versions of the film. Uh, One will be entirely in black and white, uh, and the other will have no dialogue, but rather just the orchestral score. Um, And those are apparently things that have been insisted on by George Miller. And I I, I thought it was interesting. I I almost would like to have seen them release it in black and white um, as kind of a counterpoint to... A, a visual counterpoint to all of the action, all the explosions, all the mayhem. Uh, instead, they went, they went another way. They sort of oversaturated sure. everything.
1: Um, as, as he says, he went, they went for the straight teal, teal and orange.
0: Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As he says in the interview, you know, where else are you going to go? The, yeah. the, 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 the desert is orange, the sky is teal. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, there's a, there's a fan created uh black and white version of the trailer in this article that we'll put in the show notes so you can kind of see what it what it may look like. I mean, who, who knows? It'll probably be re- regraded if it hasn't already been. But it got me thinking about the, uh, the uh, uh, black and white version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, some of you may be going, wait, what? There's yeah. no black and white version of Raiders wait, of the Lost what? Ark. There is a black and white version of, of Raiders of the Lost Ark that was done uh, by Steven Soderbergh. Um, now Soderbergh, it, it wasn't so much a statement on black and white as it was sort of, uh, an homage to, uh, the DP that shot the flick, uh, named Douglas Slocum, who, uh, has, has shot all kinds of fantastic, uh, films that you may or may not have seen. Um, Lion in Winter, one of, an amazing flick, uh, he did, um, I think he did Temple of Doom, but I know he did Last Crusade. I'm not sure if he did Temple of Doom. Um, the, anyway.
1: the, the, uh, I've re- always thought of, uh, Raiders as one of those movies. It's, it's lit and it feels like when you watch the desaturated version, it looks like the Maltese Falcon or when any one of those movies from the thirties and forties, you know, so it totally fits in perfectly with even watching it in black and white. You look at it and go, oh yeah, this is totally believable as a thirties or forties black and white movie. You know? Right.
0: Right, yeah. and and so there's, there's a little sort of blurb. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. There's a little blurb that that um, uh, Soderbergh has written. Uh, and he writes, at some point, you'll have to say to yourself, uh, or you will say to yourself or someone, this looks amazing in black and white. And it's because Doug Slocum shot the Lavender Hill mob and The Servant and his stark, high-contrast lighting style was eye-popping regardless of medium. Yeah. And, and it really does, there, there's something about this again this is this is no dialogue it's it's just an orchestral score that that uh actually it's not maybe it's not all orchestral there's some techno in there or there's some electronica in there uh that that Soderbergh put together but it really is a different beast in black and white yep and and it's it's interesting um As a as a parallel to photography, there are those people who only shoot black and white because they are convinced that there is there is uh, either more power or uh, more nuance or greater subtlety Mm -hmm. when when color is removed as a distraction. And I was reminded again of the 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 recent interview with Sally Mann. I think it was her talk with uh, Charlie Rose. Okay. where,
1: where her talk with Terry Gross was terrible.
0: Uh, it, was yeah, it was Terry's not great. Yeah. Terry's questions
1: were awful. It was like, what? No, you're talking about this again. Like she's like, it was yeah. like 12 different questions to ask. Do you think your children were molested? It's, you right. Know, it's
0: like, what? Right. Yeah. And, and, and Sally Mann actually kind of pokes fun at that, uh, at a, at a talk that she did where, you know, kind of implying that Terry asked the same question 12 different times. She did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there, she talks about black and white and how, and how for her, the color becomes a distraction. So she she won't stray from black and white and and watching. It's interesting watching these these tra- the trailer for for Fury Road and, and it's the full film for Raiders. They, they do hold up. They do. They do still work, but on a different level. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyway, just a couple quick things. Go go take a look you know, at those. It's interesting.
1: I, a lot of times I will pull my stuff when I'm playing around in Photoshop and I'll make another version and I'll drop it to black and white and play with the, the sliders in the black and white a little bit, you know, the, the mixer a little sure. bit. And a lot of times it's like, OK, yeah, I could totally go for that. And then I go look at the color version. and I go, nah, the color one's better. Like there's very few pictures that I see of my own work that I take that I go, yeah, that's definitely better in black and white. So I guess mm-hmm. there is a certain thing, like certain people just, you know, black and white speaks to them. The abstraction of black and white from reality speaks to
0: them as sort sure. of like a, yeah, it's just, a, I, I like it as a conversation. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's what I'm saying to you as, as the maker. Yeah. And it's what you are hearing as, as sort of the viewer or, or, you know, the, the, the patron, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting it's it, it i think art should be a conversation it should be uh uh you know attack and release cause and effect it's, there there should be an exchange there yeah uh, between between the creator and 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 the uh the viewer yeah um and sometimes that doesn't happen do you think you
1: think you think more movies need to be in black and white you think
0: yes well i don't know that they you know, maybe need to be released in black and white. But if you've got this sort of, if you've got the technology to be able to include it in as Miller is doing in a Blu-ray or, or put out an alternate version, um, why not? Why not do it? Yeah. 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 Why not? Uh, he points out in, in this article how they, I don't know, let me get the name of it. Right. Right. Uh, okay, the the best version of Road Warrior, he says, was they used to do what's called a slash dupe in music. They make a really ch- to make a really cheap print. They'd make a black and white version for the composer. They used to put lines across it. If you see old documentary footage of composers in the past, you see them looking at the screen and conducting. That was a slash dupe, and it was black and white. And you'd mix the sound that way too. And every time I saw the black and white, I thought, oh my god, it just reduces this really gutsy high con. Black and white, very very powerful. So, yeah, yeah. if 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 the ability is there, or if a black and white print already exists, then yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah,
1: why not? You- I'll tell you. I um, you know I saw Fury Road a couple weeks ago, and and Conrad and Ali did a did a, a review of it on their on Super Fantastic Nerd Hour, and they compared it to the Road Warrior. You know, I guess the second one. And it's funny because we were watching parts of the Road Warrior the next day, and it's how far we've come in the thirty years. Like just the overall look and the build of it and the, 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 the stunt, you know, stuff. I mean, it's, it's like orders of magnitude bigger than yeah. what they and did it's, 30 years ago. And it's mostly
0: ago. camera technology. Yeah. You know, the, the, the he was talking Miller talks about uh, not in this interview, but in another interview, he, he was talking about how they had so many remote cameras on booms or or on rigs that they could. He said it was like playing a video game where you could really just put Jump the camera, camera exactly camera. where yeah. you want it.
1: Could you, know? you imagine being the editor or the no. person who had to keep track of all the footage? No, because <laughs> there's so many scenes of that movie that if you just watched the scene, you would have no idea where it fit into the movie. You know, because it's like, oh, look, it's another shot of him. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. It better be up for best editing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Good. So uh, check them out. Links in the show notes. Uh, And if you haven't seen Fury Road, uh, go check it out. It's a it's a ride. It's definitely a ride. I saw Tomorrowland the other day. That was good, too. Um, I've heard mixed things about it. I liked it. If you
1: I imagine if I saw it as a 10 or 12 year old, it it would have been like my favorite new movie. You know, it's like Mm. one of those
0: movies interesting
1: it made it feel it made me feel like that feeling that i got when i was a little kid watching a movie like sort of the wow of it all you know huh. it was good it was fun well that's that's what disney
0: wants mm-hmm.
1: right and yep. they, it's and one they big want disney ad and they did a good job doing it go buy tickets
0: yep uh okay so uh NPR. interesting article on npr yeah um called what is the actual title of the article do
1: touch the artwork at prado's exhibit for the blind
0: yeah so so this uh this museum uh in spain the prado museum has uh created an exhibit with with 3d copies of uh, some really famous paintings and and encourages people to go to go touch them They, they look from the photograph they look almost like topographical maps or or you yeah, know how, how they're they've got probably that made kind out of, of some feel.
1: weird rubbery kind of stuff you know that kind of feels like there must be made out of um, yeah you know like the, the stuff they use at national parks when they show the topographical maps like in those uh areas where you can touch the whole thing uh, right
0: yeah uh the, the prado consulted spain's national organization for the blind once on which paintings could best be adapted for touch Curators began by taking high-resolution photo of each masterpiece, then used special pigments to paint on top of it. It's a special type of paint designed to react to ultraviolet light and rise like yeast when you're baking, says curator of the exhibit Fernando Perez Suscom, who normally works on the Prado's educational team. It creates volume and texture. Wow. You'd think
1: it would have been easier to do like a 3D scan and basically print it out
0: mm-hmm you know yeah it sounds almost like they're doing uh, by hand what, what in, in in 3d was was used to i don't know what it's called now but it used to be referred to as a height map yes yeah um so kind of interesting it is kind of cool do you think
1: though as uh, i guess okay let's assume for the moment that you are 100 percent blind right yep and and you're touching the mona lisa or whatever it is do you think that that It's interesting because that is an aspect of the Mona Lisa, just to use as an example, that sighted people would never get because no one ever gets to touch the Mona Lisa, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But is in many ways wholly different from what sighted people are seeing. You know, you're not getting the color, you're not getting the, the, you know a lot of that stuff doesn't necessarily translate. It's, it's kind of a different piece of art than it was. Sure. It's a the different other experience. Yeah. It
0: becomes more sculptural. than yeah. visual.
1: So it's interesting. It's like experience the Mona Lisa while well, you're experiencing this other thing that we could call the Mona Lisa that is technically the Mona Lisa, but is really not the same Mona Lisa that the other yeah. person is experiencing.
0: You know, I, I would love to, to see and, and experience these pieces side by side, you know, and, yeah. and <clears throat> See if you can, you can sort of delineate what it's like to experience each one. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be overlap. There's going to be some bleed. But, but it would be interesting to see the reaction from a sighted person uh, versus the reaction from uh, a blind person. Yeah. And what the takeaway is, you know, you know it's kind because of they're such different experiences
1: in some ways. It's a bit of a bias towards sighted people in the sense that you're assuming that Mona Lisa or whatever else is the work that should be chosen to be shown to a blind person in relief when it might be that a much less visually appealing, but much more texturally interesting painting, for example, might be a better choice. Right, you know what right. I'm saying. So it's interesting that we say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, that that Van Gogh or that the well, Van Gogh's a good example because his stuff is always crazy, you know, st- structurally. Uh, but you know that El Greco or Goya painting is 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 the kind of thing we should show blind people because you know it's a beautiful painting. It's like, well, that's kind of irrelevant for what you're talking about. You know, yeah, it's I can like, see that. I so can you see c- that. you could almost choose, I don't know, more sculptural stuff that was designed as sculpture originally you know, to do
0: it. it's interesting. Right. It's a good yeah. idea though. My, uh, my friend, father, Bill, he did a whole uh, father, Bill Moore. He did a whole series of paintings. Well, and to be fair, most of his paintings, if not all of them are designed to be touched. He uses a lot of texture and he encourages people to, to connect with the art in that way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I could see where, where, you know, some 16th century painting, you wouldn't want thousands of people touching it, but yeah, it is a different experience, yeah, and 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 uh, a powerful experience.
1: I, I was up in uh, Boston. Tell you this story. I was up in Boston. My favorite Sergeant painting is on the wall, and and uh, it's like this eight foot by eight foot painting, and it's low enough to the ground because it's like eight feet tall or whatever. And this like little kid, like three year old kid, like waddles up to it and takes his hand and just goes. Pewit! like right flat on the painting. And his like, his mother comes over. Is like, no, take your hand off that. It's like, no, no, no. You'd like pick the kid up and you pull him away from the painting. Like, and the kid went right back and did it again. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? Nice. Uh, I don't think he was blind though. Um, all right. So last week we talked about, we were going to discuss the death of the artist and the birth of the creative entrepreneur by William Dershowitz, Dershowitz.
0: Is that, I think probably close. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is on the Atlantic.
1: Yeah. Which, which is a pretty interesting article. And it's interesting because this guy is sort of known as an essayist, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's, so he's speaking from both an inclusive place of himself and also kind of from the outside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: do you want to start? Do you want me to start? What do you want to do? Well, I I don't know. I, I I think the big picture, the big takeaway for me was, was, (sighs) The sort of waning of craft in art. Yes. Okay. So, so way back when, um, before artists were artists, they were craftsmen. Mm -hmm. They, they were apprentices. You had to, you had to learn The, 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 value was on, was on tradition. So you had to apprentice, you had to study, you had to learn from, those who came before you. Yeah. Is that yep. fair?
1: Yeah. Because, because and, it involved skill that was learned over time.
0: Right. Yep. Uh, in, in the article, artists served apprenticeships like other other craftsmen to learn the customary methods. Um, and some of the, some of the distinctions that he makes are, are kind of interesting. Uh, he writes, Shakespeare wasn't an artist. He was a poet, uh, a denotation that is rooted in another word for make. He was also a playwright, a term for a term worth pausing over. A playwright isn't someone who writes plays. He is someone who fashions them like a wheelwright or a shipwright. I I, I like that distinction, of course. Um, uh, What do you you think? What was your your kind of overarching takeaway? So, yeah. So he
1: goes there and then he goes into saying that there was a point in the post-World War II time when – art became a a profession right so people went and got heavy educations in 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 arts and lots of MFAs and that kind of stuff and so it was about your credentials as much as so you when you were explaining your crazy modern art you had words to back it up with because you you know had all this high education in art and that kind of stuff um and then you know with the democratization of all this stuff we've we've gotten to the point where none of that really matters is you know kind of where he's going but what but what's interesting about it i think is that i it's not one of those pieces where the person is saying all that stuff and just saying and you know what that's the way the world is and the world is better for it and you know suck it up the world is the way it is now and 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 move on he he laments the loss of some sense of um uh, the art that's, that, that is, that isn't democratically chosen. You
0: know? Well, yeah. I mean, the, look, the, the art, art traditionally up until, as he points out up until the late 18th, early 19th century was, was based on tradition. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was based on, on uh, uh, learning and applying what came before you, but, but this sort of, and he calls it a rebellion uh, against kind of the establishment against tradition um, gave rise to to what we commonly think of as an artist as sort of lone gunman, lone you know, right, lone right. genius uh, uh, inspired by the gods, kind of a thing. Um, and I, I, I think I think he's. I mean, I think I I I, I agree with with sort of lamenting that that it, that the democratization and the and, and the the accreditation of art has has removed something. And I don't know what that something is. I can't yeah. put my finger on it. Well,
1: you know, he, he talks about the whole idea that, you know, kids getting out of school now don't want 10,000 hours. They want 10,000 followers. He, he says that a couple times.
0: Right. Um, Get your name out. Yeah. You're the brand.
1: Build the yeah. brand. Be but the, the brand. But the interesting right? thing about that is that, yeah, OK, so make your own way by basically doing what everyone else is doing. <laughs> so there's this there's this interesting dichotomy that happens where. Maybe the, the the most punk move right now isn't to try to be a social media giant, but to do something else. Like the, trying to chase that is skating to where the puck is, you know, that old, that old chestnut. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, he also talks a lot about uh, the whole idea that brands have, especially people like Apple, have gotten to the point where it's producerism instead of consumerism. You know, mm-hmm, they advertise mm-hmm. to make you think you need to buy this stuff because you are a special flower that needs to create the next great whatever right. it is you know so come buy our thing so that you can be an artist too i mean this goes back to all of the uh, i think different campaigns by apple and all the other brands who have followed that over the last 20 years um, right. so it's it's i think it's really fascinating but I, but i do like the fact that he doesn't say and this is uh, some people go into this stuff and they discuss sort of the, uh, market nature of art as an improvement. Like now you're not under the thumb of what MoMA thinks art is. It's what people out there think art is, you know, that kind of thing. Right. It's, Uh, it's,
0: it's become a customer driven.
1: Yeah. And, 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 but he, I mean, but he says a few times, he's just like, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that we're ending up with better stuff. You know, I don't uh, think we are. Yeah. He says, you know, uh, uh, and we don't democratization of taste ensures that no one has the right or inclination to tell us when our work is bad. A universal universal grade inflation now uh, obtains. We're all swapping a minuses all the time or in the language of Facebook likes, you know, it's like, you know, this is it's, it's like, oh, well, how many likes you got? Well, you know, it's kind of irrelevant because there's no standard scale so it's just this strange amorphous thing that we're all pining for all the time seemingly you know
0: yeah i mean and it 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 got me thinking and i I think you've seen this as well there's there's a terrific seth godin clip where he's talking about somebody asks him a question it was at at a conference somebody asked him a question about social networking and is is there value in it yeah and and uh his 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 response was basically if you're talking about Facebook and twitter and and you know chasing likes and chasing hits on a website, then no, there's no value in it yeah that, the, that there's value in relationship there's value in community and and he points out he says something to the effect of you know I have thousands of people at all, all over the world that I could crash on their couch for three days if I need to mm-hmm. that's yeah. real uh, yeah so so there can be this idea of real community and real relationship although virtual real is not only face to face real is not only sitting across from someone in a diner talking about whatever. Sure.
1: I don't equate, uh, you know, likes and all that kind of stuff necessarily with any sense of, of what's good. And I think, I think this guy does a good job of expl of saying that that's true, you know, like yeah. that that is somehow loses. And there's a section in here where he kind of talks about how all that does is, is make things, safe. You know that we we tend to
2: uh
0: go to the lowest common denominator. Sure. Well, it's it's the thing we've talked about with with uh photographers shooting shooting commercial projects. You're hired for what you have done, not yeah. necessarily what you yeah. can do.
1: Well, somebody wrote to me the other day cuz I put up I don't know some oh, some cover I did for Pause and somebody wrote me saying, you know, He's like, he's like, that's a, he's like, that's a fine picture, but it's not nearly as exciting as the stuff that you do in your portfolio. And it's like, well, a, it's your portfolio. It's a subset of all of your work anyway, you sure, know, just by sure, definition. Sure. But also it's like, you know, I have, it was 30 degrees out and those girls and I had to make it look like June. So they had to take their coats off and they're staying there in 30 degree weather in the wind. It's like, right. I have very limited time and it needs to fit the cover, which means the logo is going to be up here and whatever the thing is. Right. You know that. And sometimes you have to do what's safe because what the magazine wants, the magazine needs pictures they can use for whatever they need them for. So you need to at least give them pictures that are good for that and then do fancy stuff later. Well, sometimes you don't always have to need first. Right. right? And sometimes you don't have the chance to do the fancy stuff or you 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 uh, submit the fancy stuff along with the boring stuff. And they pick the boring stuff in those situations. You can't. Nothing you right. can do. You
0: know what I mean? All um, of this is beginning to feel like the whole everyone gets a trophy. Totally. Yeah. You know? And, and how do you, but how do you differentiate
1: when there are, like, there's a whole section here where he talks about how there are no experts anymore. Right. Right. You know? And it's kind of like, well, where do you draw the line if there are no experts? You know, like, then who right. decides? Because democracy is definitely not choosing good art.
0: Right. <laughs> He, Certainly he writes, not all the time. Uh, judgment rested with the patron in the age of the artisan. In the age of the professional, it rested with the critic, a professionalized, uh, 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 uh what is that word? Aesthet? 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 I've never heard that word. Yeah. Uh, or intellectual. Uh, in the age of the genius, it was the age of the. Uh, uh, it was also the age of the avant garde of tremendous experimental en- energy across the arts. It largely yeah. rested with the artists themselves. Yeah. Um, would, would there would there ever have been a Rauschenberg if there wasn't? You see what I'm saying? If in the
1: days of Facebook, Rauschenberg Feche, would n- Facebook Facebook <laughs> Rauschenberg would never have been a guy. You know, in fact we right. you know. In fact, Heather and I were uh, uh, listening to the Tom Waits thing on on Letterman, and I said, you know, if Tom Waits started today, no way he would ever get anywhere.
0: No way. Never. Nor would bands like Pink Floyd or yeah. or you know
1: ELP and and there's uh, something. Uh, sad about that. Right. You know, and it's, it's sort of like, okay, so we, what, what have we given up and what have we gained? And I don't know that what we've gained is worth what we gave up, you know? And I know that I, I single-handedly can't turn back the tide. The world is the way it is. I understand that. Right. But at the same
0: time, ah, it's, it's it's a, it's a strange climate. On some level, we're, we're kind of going back to this sort of, patronism but it's a it's a collective patronism now and instead of the one (laughs) the one person it's it's you know it's kickstarter it's indiegogo it's you know if you're a musician uh, one of the sites Uh, pledge music or or it's it's, uh, it's not patrons it's patronizing (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) maybe it's 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 still (laughs) this idea of the collective deciding what's good and I don't know I mean I don't know can can you create by committee and, 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 and that's different than can you create by collaboration? Because of course you can create by collaboration. Sure. But, but can, can the accountants on a film really call themselves collaborators with the director and the actors and, right, and right, it, right. It, it, that kind of thing? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Did Madonna I actually co-write the songs on her album? You know? <laughs> right. Or Beyonce or something. Yeah, sure. You know? It's, it's, um, it's, I, and I think that, I, I think there's a little sadness in this article I don't think he's saying that his
0: part or, or what you're taking away uh, on both Both. on both. I think I,
1: I, and I think part of that is that he, I don't think that he thinks that the, the new world is an improvement on the old. Not that, not that everything was hunky dory 30, 40 years ago. Like, I, I don't think he's saying that at all, but I do, I do think he's saying that it, that it allowed for, even if it was still a subset of people to do, work that was out of bounds. You know, it's like you're not going to get a Kickstarter to do something that no one's ever thought of before because you're, it's going to be very difficult to explain to somebody what you're trying to do, you know? Sure. Um, a, a, a friend of mine whose picture I took last week, this guy, Saul Melman, uh, he's an artist. And there were these giant uh, PS1, which is an old school building that, that MoMA took over um, in Queens, and it's sort of their more avant-garde sort of place. In the basement, there were these giant probably cast iron boilers, you know, for back in the day that they never removed because they're just these giant things. And he got permission to sandblast them and then cover them with gold leaf. So now they look like these giant
0: like gold- these golden the- orbs or something.
1: Yeah, these they are these giant like sort of rectangular shapes- oh, okay. like things. And they're they're amazing, right? I mean, they, they you know, it looks like giant bars of gold down in the basement of of huh. of PS1. But it's like would he ever get money on Indiegogo to do that? You know what I mean? Like it's probably not. I don't know. They did
0: kickstart a potato salad.
1: Yeah, but that was a joke, right? And, and people who got involved in it got involved because it was joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, and, and subsequent ones by that guy and others to do similar stuff have not succeeded. So that was just a drop in the, whatever, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. um, Mm
1: -hmm. I, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, this whole thing is really interesting. If you didn't read it last week, you should definitely read it this week or next week or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, i I like this kind of stuff. It gets me. It, it gives me a lot to chew on, and I don't really know what I take away yeah. from it uh, because my 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 point of view will change, and and it inspires me to go read other things, which then changes yeah. that point of view and takes yeah. me back to it. So
1: I will tell you though the, the the title makes it feel like it's another one of those,
0: you know. Yeah, I DVD. wasn't really a fan of the title yeah. after I read it. I expected yeah. something different. I, based I, on the title, I
1: expected something I disagreed with far more. Based on the title, much sure. more of a you know, you know, the art, being an artist is just like being Google, and you have to create a brand and like all that right, stuff. You know, right, like I, right. that's how I, that's how I imagined it going. Um, but it didn't go there at all. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised to be honest. I don't yeah. Know. It's nice.
0: And it's a long read. So, you know, set aside some, yeah. it's not, it's not a, a 500 word essay. So set yeah. aside a little bit of time. You
1: know, it's interesting. There's a, so he has this section in here, just quick getting back to the whole connections, friends kind of thing is sure. that where he talks about, you know, having contacts, but having contacts is not like having a collaborator, you know, that back in the day, People had smaller circles that were much more intimately entwined. You know, people right. like, like the the the, old, the salons of
0: old, the, you know, sure, sure. The, the
1: scenes in Pollock where he's sitting there with de Kooning and all the rest yep, of the guys yep, drinking yep, I was just going to
0: bring that up. Yeah. Where they're sitting there and they're tearing each other apart, but yeah. then they're also building each other up.
1: Exactly. And I feel like in some ways the world needs more of that mm-hmm. and less of, you know, the rest of it. You know, yeah, that 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 while I totally see value in, uh, for lack of a better term, online relationships. Right. And Mm -hmm. I have serious relationships with a lot of people who I've never met. Absolutely. Um, I feel like there's also there's there's something that has been lost, which is this somewhere between my partner and the guy in Japan. You know what I mean? Like some sort of community of like-minded people who can look at each other and, and interact in a way that, that running partners, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way that is, I think it's really difficult to be
0: virtually sometimes. And if it, and if it doesn't work, if what I'm making doesn't work, then tell me it doesn't work. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Uh, the the part that you were talking about, he writes, uh, a contact is not a collaborator. Coleridge for Wadsworth was not a contact. He was a partner, a comrade, a second self. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that kind of relationship cultivated over countless uninterrupted encounters developing in the age of the network. What kinds of relationships will develop and what they will give rise to remains to be seen. Yeah, we don't know. But but it is it is not the same as that. It may be
1: something more different. You know what I mean? Like that's totally mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But but I but it's, it's, it's like they're not equivalents. Sure. And sure. and I think that's something that a lot of people get wrong. If you know what I mean? Like where they. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're different. They're they're arguably both useful, but they're different.
0: mm Hmm. Hmm. I yeah, don't know. good piece. So go please, please, please go check it out. Uh and you know, chime in. Are are we nuts? Or are, are we way off base? We are definitely nuts and uh, way off base. I'm I'm sure Mike Sakasagawa is typing even now.
1: Furiously as we speak. <laughs> let's let's just see if he quotes you or me more in the process.
0: Uh probably both <laughs> equally. <laughs> Here. Dear dear guys. You're yeah. wrong, yeah, yeah,
1: you know we got another one of those, who did we get the oh uh, from uh I don't know if we should say one of our listeners uh said we misinterpreted the sight unseen thing last week, um basically saying that the father was oh, right right, p- right right protecting right. his children. So they wouldn't well, I mean, have to think, see the pictures, which is a that, reasonable didn't argument.
0: We, didn't we say that we didn't, didn't want, uh, the, the image of, of the sun on, on a, on a slab to be the last image of, of, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I, we did I think say maybe that.
0: I, I didn't, hmm, I, I, I think we didn't maybe verbalize it quite enough. <laughs> No, and I think I said it from the point of view of the father, not from the point of view of the daughters. Yeah, so uh yeah. yes, good point, listener. Uh wasn't wasn't meant to be omitted, but but maybe just wasn't clear enough. Yeah. It's
1: it, it is interesting though how all of these things are analyzed from twelve different angles and look different.
0: Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. But
1: that's but that's half the fun. Um do you want to talk about the uh the Did, the... did you watch this? Do you yes. like this? Yeah, I I watched it. Uh, and I agree with it uh, in many ways. The one thing I will say is that he obviously had a successful business that he could afford to close for a year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Okay. W- so which is sort of a, a thing, but go ahead. We're talking about Stefan Sagmeister, yep. Uh who is a, a fantastic designer, uh, Belgian designer. I believe he's Belgian. Yeah. Um, but once every seven years, he closes his design studio in New York for an entire year to pursue uh, personal projects. Uh, He he calls it a sabbatical uh, to to sort of recharge and refresh the team's creative outlook uh, for what they can bring back to the business. Yes. Um, And and I just, I wanted to maybe touch on this uh, not necessarily from the standpoint of taking a year off, although that is interesting, but, Uh, let's say you're a photographer uh let's say you're a portrait photographer could you take uh a month two months six months even and shoot only x don't shoot any more portraits yeah
1: shoot something else yeah
0: and see what that brings back to the portraits
1: yeah yeah like taking a break from what you're doing to to do something different although it's interesting because he he goes away um a lot of what it seems like his, his, what made him see the world differently with each of these sabbaticals was actually physically going somewhere else, which right. I think is an important part of it that he, that he doesn't gloss over, but is like sort of a requirement to make it really interesting. You know? Right.
0: It's, it's not enough to, to take yourself away from your own work. It's, it's that he immerses himself in a completely different culture.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because when I look at his work, I think some of it is very successful, but I don't think he is he 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 tries a lot of stuff and not all of it sticks. And and I I like that about him. Sure. Uh um but it's interesting because a lot some of the things that he even some of the things that he shows in his thing, I'm like, "Okay, that's a cute silly idea, but it wasn't that successful?" You know, but it's okay
0: because he just like keeps throwing them out there, right? That's his thing. Do you see his work? Because I I I you love I his think work. I do. I I love his work. Yeah. I I think he's I have several of his books. I think he's fantastic. Right. Do um, I see his work as well? Do you see his work even even on, on that sort of sliding scale of successful or not successful or or good or not good if that's what you want to use? Does it still all look like it was wrought from the same hand or studio? Um because that's one of the things that I that I like about his work is I do feel like it comes from the same creative space. Y-
1: yes, but I don't think that would be true if I wasn't already a bit of a. Um, I don't know that if that would be true if 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 I wasn't either educated or knowledgeable about this world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you. I don't know if you stuck multiple ads or pieces in front of other people, they'd see a commonality necessarily between them.
0: Okay. You know, I do, it's, it's but, only becoming, it's only by being familiar with the work that you, that you see the familiarity in the work.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, sure, sure, um, sure. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, his work is really interesting and I think his talk was really good. Um, I did, but it does come from a certain, a certain position of, um, <laughs> it's like you're successful enough that you can afford to take a year off every 7 right. years, you know. Well, and maybe Which I don't it's think not true year. of everyone, yeah.
0: I uh I had a professor in college that took um that every, every summer he would he would go to a different country for the for the entirety of the summer. Yeah. yeah. And 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 do something very similar on a smaller scale, but he would he would go and and come back with with artwork and books and textiles and and just uh, the stuff of that culture, and then f- figure out a way over the next year to try and integrate that, integrate those influences into his classwork, his design work, etc. Yeah, and I always yeah, thought yeah. that was really fascinating. Um, and he was he was absolutely terrific.
1: It's uh, it's it's yeah, it's interesting to. Uh, pull apart and go somewhere else. It's also, it also changes if you're in a relationship, you know what I mean? Like I can't just run off to another country for a year. If my partner has a job, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, so there's, he obviously, he also seems like a very independent person in the sense that he seems very like alone to be able to make those crazy decisions, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? Um, Well, again, maybe, maybe instead of making it a physical Sabbatical. Yeah. Could you could you make it a creative sabbatical or yeah, an emotional sabbatical, yeah. and 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 see w- yeah. what that does? Yeah.
1: It what's what's interesting too is when he goes away. I mean, he's making different stuff, but it almost feels less of him trying to make different stuff, more of I'm in a different place, experiencing different things, so I'm going to make my normal stuff just with new influences mixed in.
0: Right. How, how yeah. does my environment you know, change what he, I'm doing? He's
1: not going off and, and writing a symphony. He's going off and doing typography. He's just doing it in a different place. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Which, which, is, which is fine. I just think that it's, I don't know if it's quite as much of a disruption as maybe you're making it out to be. You know, when I, when I look at his stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's cool, but it's like, okay, yeah, he's going somewhere else and he's doing it for him. And he's taking chances. And that's great. Um, it's funny in his world, cause you know, a good friend of mine is in a very similar world as him. Uh, it's, it's very difficult because when you're trying to come up with crazy ideas that are out of the box, you have so many people you have to make happy. And a lot of projects go all the way to the end and then die right at the end. You know what I mean like they right, get approved right. all the way along and then like somebody in the in the final thing goes yeah I don't really like the fact that it's futura you know, right. and, and you've spent months working on something, that kind of stuff. You yeah, know. yeah. What, what's um, the, the
0: scene in Fight Club? Can, can we get the icon in Cornflower Blue?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly right. It's just <laughs> like that. And then you just, yeah, wah, yeah. Wah, wah, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that kind of stuff drives you crazy. But, uh, but yeah, we will put it in the show notes. I wonder if there's a, this is the version from, I guess it is the TED version. It just seems yep. low res compared to
0: other Ted uh ones. i think it's probably it an old one yeah oh, it was 2009. It's maybe 2009 Maybe 2009 i think yeah. the the best you can get is 720 <laughs> it's SD. oh no the best you can get is 480 jeffrey it's, it's sd right yikes Ooh. <laughs> yeah don't let marquez brownlee see this uh oh, hey by the way
1: i saw uh an ad when i went to see tomorrowland tomorrow tomorrowland yeah the other day where it was, it was a fake unboxing for some Samsung phone or something like that. And the guy's hands, I think it was a black guy, and his voice, it was totally trying to be Marquez Brownlee. Like really, it was, a,
0: it was an ad. Like and that it was, was their take on Marquez Brownlee. Yeah, it was totally. Why like, did they just get do, him?
1: We kind of want to do a Marquez Brownlee kind of thing. You know, uh, it was it was totally felt like. You know, I mean, you've been in the room when things yeah, like that yeah. have said. It was we, just we, like that. We've
0: mentioned him before. MKBHD on on Twitter. Go yeah. check out his tech reviews. He's pretty fantastic. He's pretty good.
1: Um, Hey, uh, I I watched the Rankin video you put in here.
0: Okay, talk so, to, talk to me about the Rankin video. Okay, so first of all. While the link in the show notes is safe for work, the video is very, very not safe for work. I don't know if it's very, very, but it's not safe for work. It's not safe for work. Uh, and there's a lot you, you of have, you uh, have your sensibilities that get tarnished. So I understand that. Yeah, I do. I do. There, there are a lot. If you watch this thing, because I was talking to Patrick about it, who who kind of clicked through it, parts of it, a frame at a time. And there are lots of. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah, there are lots of single frame, like, whoa, like subliminally kind of things. Yeah, I saw a few uh, of them while watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, is, okay, and, and two things. Number one, uh, uh, Rankin tweeted yesterday, is this the most not safe for work ad ever? To which I wanted to respond, maybe, but the bigger question is, was it effective? Are people talking about the product or are people just talking about how not safe for work it is? And wow. Right. He's just,
1: it's, it's, it's all provocateur, right? That's all. But a lot of this fashion stuff is very much, how how can we make people? Well, this is actually good example of the stuff we were talking about where it's not really about it being good. It's about it being tweetable, you know?
0: Uh, kind of. Yeah. I right? mean, it's,
1: it's well done. The models are beautiful. The cinematography is good. The editing is tightly cut. Like there's, there's nothing technically wrong with this thing. It's very well done, you know?
0: Right. So this was, this was a collaboration, uh, between, uh, um, Rankin and, uh, a guy called Walter Campbell, um, who works for, uh, TBWA, I think. Isn't it TBWA? Sure. Uh, yes, it is TBWA in London. Um, So what is it? Well, according to this article in Adweek that reads sex sells, particularly when you're selling lingerie and sex toys. And now two of Britain's top creatives have teamed up to make one of the most extravagant erotic brand films ever. A frenetic two and a half minute film for London adult retailer, retailer Coco de Mer. So, um, it's basically like scantily
1: clad women walking around very tightly cut with a logo at the end.
0: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so is that an ad? I
1: mean, I guess it is, but I mean, look, sex sells. It will always sell. It always has sold. And we keep taking it further and further to the point where pretty soon it's just going to be straight hardcore porn and advertisements, you know, like, right. And, and is that okay? I I guess it's okay. It's part of human, whatever, you
0: know, like, I don't know. I, I would almost, you'd hmm. say this goes too far. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, I, I, I feel like the logo at the end is kind of, I don't know, almost superfluous. I, I, I think I would have liked it more if it was, if it were just, here's a short film that I've done.
1: Well, he needed to get funding to do this short film. (laughs) Probably
0: what it was, right? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. He wanted somebody to pay him him
1: to to do a short Um, film.
0: But is it sexy? Parts of it, sure. Yeah. Um, is Very it good-looking well, people in it? Is it well edited? Yep. That's I think what I'm most impressed with is cutting all of this stuff together. Yeah. I yeah. I am not a, a, a video person. I'm not an editor by any means. So this kind of thing, <laughs> keeping tra- to your point about keeping track of Fury Road, this kind of thing, keeping track of all these yeah. shots and putting it together, and yeah. and wow. although although with this one, in many ways, you ever see the scene. Um,
1: in JFK, you know, that movie you've, you've the Oliver Stone one. Yeah. 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 Where, where you didn't like it. Okay. No, I I, I like that movie. Um, but there's a scene where, uh, Oswald is walking down the street and they do these like tight cuts of him walking down the street and shooting the cop and walking and all this kind of stuff. Right. Right. And apparently I think whoever edited that, I remember watching a documentary once and he said, I just want it really jumbled. So I came in and I just banged on the keyboard For a few seconds, basically like all the cut, move, cut, cut, move, cut, move, 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 cut, cut, cut. And, and that's what came out. And stone was like, I love it. Right. So in some ways, what is in here is just probably 150 different sources that he's like, oh, take this, 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 and this, and then just stick them into a thing. And it kind of looks cool because it just keeps jumping around. You know what I mean? Fury road is definitely more of like, it has to be linear because you have to tell the story. Less of a story in this than in Fury Road. Absolutely. Although, although this, a, is, this a, is the sexual Fury Road. This is, yes, this is
0: Sex Fury Road. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I just, you know, I mean, has it gone That's waiting to far? be made in, in the valley mm-hmm. somewhere. I, what is too far? Define well, too that's, far. Well, that's, that's the thing. What's too far for you? I mean, there are listeners out there, and, and look, this is not a judgment at all. Okay? Spoiler. No judgment. There are listeners who are going to watch this and are going to be <clears throat> Mortified and go, oh, I can't believe this. Yep. And that's great. That's yep, fine. Sure. Um, there are people who are going to go. Eh, what's the big deal? They're going to be boring. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I'm probably not surprising. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, I, I I can appreciate the the effort that went into it. I can appreciate. Uh, the, the the maybe the thought process behind it of of let's really push this and yeah. you know I'm sure that the, the the pitch meeting had terms like edgy and push the envelope and boundaries and, sure. and you know things yes, like yeah. that bantered around. Um, do we do we give it more leeway because Rankin is associated with it? I if, don't think most people in the world
1: know who Rankin is, so probably not. Okay, I I mean. You know, and I also kind of think about that. And I'm like, okay, Rankin's a photographer. Did he direct this? Was he in the room when the editing happened, or was he like a guy in a room during a meeting where they're just like, "I want footage like this, this, and this. You people, go find it."
0: You know, yeah. or like, did, did he shoot the video pieces? Exactly. We don't know, yeah. right? I'd, I'd love to talk to him about it, Rankin. I'd love to talk to you because sometimes Big I feel fan, like Rankin.
1: I feel like there are things that say, "Oh, you know, from the creative mind of so and so." Sure, and in reality, they were just sort of the person in the room that approved it at the end. You
0: know, like who knows? Well, he he is quoted as saying, "It's definitely the best thing that I've done in film. It has layers of meaning, and to get that in advertising is rare." Um, I yeah, I, I would yeah, love. The production to see, company
1: was Rankin Film.
0: Yeah, I'd love but, to see the breakdown. So, is he directing? Is he editing? Is he is he the DP? What, what's his level of involvement? I because I, I like the piece a lot, actually.
1: Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's look, it's well done. It's like, but I look, like, I'm, I am not shocked by this kind of stuff. So I was just like, okay, sure. Look, half naked women, you know, right? Guys and, and, and kissing guys, naked women, yeah, you know, yeah, like it's have... like it was, it was, it was nothing special, you know, as far as like the the uh, offensiveness of it, you know. Is is it appropriate
0: to the brand? Well, it is a lingerie brand, right? Yeah, lingerie and apparently sex toys. So, yes, it's very appropriate to the
1: brand. But I just love the idea that, like, we have to talk people into thinking more about sex. It's like people think about sex all the time anyway. Right. You know, Uh, uh, I feel like that kind of stuff sometimes is a it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to make people think about more about sex or whatever it is. And people go sure i like thinking more about it. like and who's gonna say no to that you know it's like, right you know who would like more pizza well i don't want more pizza it's like you know because everyone will always want pizza
0: nice <laughs> <laughs> i want more pizza nice <laughs> uh, right okay at
1: least, at least we got some good titles for today
0: right anyway uh go take a look at it we'll yeah. put a, a link in the show notes just don't watch it at work please
1: uh unless you you know have somebody who's really understanding Uh, Hey, some people sent in this Richard Prince thing.
0: Yeah, this has been all over the group. Uh, Yeah. uh, I have no thoughts. No thought at all. No, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I asked asked, uh, uh, Preston about it uh, and, and, you know, his his response was terrific. He said, you know, he's really pushing the the boundaries of fair use. And yeah. Maybe his art
1: isn't in any of this. It's in the boundary pushing.
0: Well, look in in the in the the Cario versus Prince, uh, the, the previous thing that he was that he was sued for using the the Rastafarian, yep. the photos of the Rastafarians. Yep. At least he changed those. <laughs> well, but the, the, the initial case was that he didn't change them enough, right? Yep. And and the, the the first court said no, you didn't you didn't change them enough. But then uh, uh, the appeals court, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals said that he did change that enough that it was transformative that that you know people that that uh, view them are going to be struck by the transformation of the work not the original work apparently, right. basically but do you, do you think um, that's the case here uh, I, I don't th- I personally don't see it as much different than the previous work he's taking uh, in this work, for those of you who haven't seen it, he's taking Instagram photos and sort of recontextualizing them with the names and the captions and that kind of thing, and then printing them really large. Um, yeah. I, I think he's kind think of doing he actually the same. Added, thing.
1: I think he actually added the comments and then just did a screenshot.
0: Yeah. So it's it, it's
1: it's an interesting place. You know, you know the whole like you can't use other people's work for commercial purposes. You know, it's artistic. Like, why isn't selling your artwork a commercial purpose? I don't know. You see know what I'm know, saying? A, like yeah. it's, it seems like okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put it on the wall and say this is art. And okay, that's one thing. But it's like I'm going to put it on the wall, say it's art, and put a price tag on it. <laughs> Why isn't that
0: exactly the same as right. you know? It's just that seems strange to me. So this this is okay, but if it had a Nike logo on it, it's not okay.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Is that is that what you're? Is that kind of what you're getting it, at? Kind of. Yeah. It's just yeah. like
1: okay, you're you're. It's just very strange. I, don't
0: know. I mean, I I don't. I just don't find the work very interesting. That's my only real comment about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's well, it's other people's work. <laughs> you know, I guess this the, is the way to put
1: it. You know, I, I, I it's funny. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's getting to the point. He's like, he makes a comment on it, and therefore he's changed it enough.
0: Yeah, God, I, I, I find the source material in and of itself more interesting than the quote unquote transformation of it. Yeah, But yeah. that's just me. You know, well, maybe some of the pictures maybe I don't are very neat pictures. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't understand. Admittedly, I don't understand that world, but you know, I, I would rather see the photograph put up by, by the photographer than, you know, this this sort of strange transformative, I I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. What do we got, uh, last week horizon?
0: Yeah. What did you think?
1: I think they're good. Uh, I think that people took it uh, a bunch of different ways. I mean, some of them are straight horizons, which, you know, makes sense. Uh, I like some of the David Gardner ones where he actually sort of created a fake horizon Mm -hmm. that he put objects on. Those are really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's (laughs) horizons, a strange, uh, concept, you know? Uh, I feel like (laughs) I really wish we had a black hole that we could have dropped people into. That would have been fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I like some of the other work there. I mean, there's some great horizon stuff up there. Um, Martin Rotts, I, I dig that reflection shot of the, of the doorways. Yeah. Um, Dennis's but,
1: picture of the horizon was pretty cool with the pier going out, the black yep, and white with the yep, clouds. I like
0: that. Uh, I like Hughes picture for Memorial day, the soldier that was pretty yep. moving. Uh, that's a boy. I've only been there once to Arlington, but geez, I was not prepared for, I had no idea how large this it's place it's sprawling. Is. Yeah, it just yeah. goes on for miles,
1: and it was Robert E. Lee's uh, old homestead.
0: Yeah, uh, Mark uh, love the the L.A. Uh, horizon with the water tower in the distance and the kind of the, 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 the poles kind of tilting the power poles. Yeah. Um, that one was cool. Um, let's see, Lance, <laughs> the 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 wash on the on the clothesline. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I saw that. I like that one. Yeah, so some really good stuff. Uh, so it's like as a false usable. horizon. It's good. Yeah. Um, also, some some cool stories that people put in. Uh, if you haven't watched uh, De Niro's uh, uh, commencement speech to the uh, the graduating class, uh, I think it was was it the Tisch School?
1: I think? Uh, yeah,
0: it's NYU. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. Uh, congratulations to uh, friend of the show Ibaria Next, the Candid Frame, for uh, moving over to. Uh Twip Photo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's the best show on Twip. Um I like can, uh, Candid Frame quite a bit. And it was great to see abario next and his wife at Paris Photo. They're they're such cool people. Uh he's a good guy. Okay, so so uh let's see, there was something else that I really liked. In the group? Yeah. Donde? Donde? <laughs> Donde esta mi... Mi photo. Oh, uh, some folks were talking about Tom Hoops. Uh, I forget who put it. I think Connors put it up. John Connors put okay. it up in the group. Um, I've added a link to a conversation with Tom uh, that I did with him. Oh, gosh.
1: Uh, a year or two ago?
0: Yeah, it's been, I think a year and a half, two years ago. Um, really good guy. We, we talk every, I don't know, couple weeks or so. He's, he's a really cool guy and we're actually trying to figure out a project together. Uh, that's kind of a road trip project across America or at least across parts of America. Um, it's a long way. It is a long way. It is a long way. Well, he, we were talking about a, a potential workshop idea. Okay. Uh, an American hustle Kind of style theme workshop at at uh um kind of a mid century modern house in palm springs
1: uh palm Springs is very pretty,
0: yeah, so that would be kind of fun um we're we're kind of banging that around and and seeing if that can happen it, it kind of depends on you know how many people are involved and and that kind of thing, but anyway, so the links there um some good Bridges Horizon shots. Nick <laughs> put up one of, of the, the, I don't know what river that is. Columbia River, maybe? Uh, I like Bridges. I don't like being on Bridges, but I like Bridges. Uh, bridges don't bother me. Uh, Dennis. Oh, that's a cool one, too. Dennis Skyam, kind of peer out to nowhere. That's the one I liked. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wayne Hatfield. That's the one I wanted to mention. That is a sky, Wayne. Let me see. Jeez. Um, I said in the in the comment I said it reminds me oh, of yeah. a Maxfield parish sky. That is gorgeous. yeah So anyway, good stuff. All right. Uh oh Jamie, nice uh sunset at Vazan Beach, Guernsey. Wow, out there with Carl Taylor. So go tell him by. hello. That's right. Go drop by his new studio. It's it's brilliant. Um when people go to
1: his uh workshops, are there are a lot of them coming over from the mainland on a ferry.
0: I, yeah, I think that's the only. I don't know if there's an airport on Guernsey. No, I think I'm just it's saying only,
1: it's not people who live there that are going. Oh to no, no, it's people
0: flying in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say, and I think he's in Carl. Where are you now? Are you still in Taipei? He was in Taipei. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's back yet, but uh, yeah, that's a beautiful shot, Jamie. Really beautiful. Uh, so go say hi to Carl. Um, daily routine, some good stuff up. Yeah, you know you guys are killing it. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, the, the the assignment for this week, um, kind of inspired by some of the work of the photographer of the week, the assignment is at rest. At rest. So partially inspired by the holiday weekend that we had here in, in the U.S., Memorial Day weekend. Uh, at rest. So this can be you at rest. This can be an object at rest. This can be, you can interpret this all kinds of different ways. So go and interpret and have fun.
1: I can't believe we haven't used this photographer of the week yet. What do you got? Uh, Jacques Henri Latigue. Yeah, uh, who you know was around till eighty six, but born in eighteen ninety four. Right. He, he, what's fascinating about Latigue is that most of the pictures that people know, the reason why people usually bring him up is the stuff he did as almost a child. Um. Not not that he didn't do great work later, but like when people talk about Latigue, they're talking about they bring up all this work he
0: did with his cousins and stuff when he was a little kid, you know, and apparently given a camera by his father. Yeah. That was the first camera he used. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Jacques learns about photography from his father as early as the year 1900, Henri Lartigue... Uh, when he was six re- years old. Yeah, uh, buying him his first camera, he is eight years old. Uh, this begins the endless coverage of his childhood, including automobile outings, family holidays, and especially his older brother, Maurice, nicknamed Zissou, inventions.
1: That, that classic shot of uh, the, the the... Because of the a slit shutter on the camera with the, the, the race car going by where yeah. the, where the, t- like the, the wheel is like turned into an oval and turned slightly on its side. Cause it's like yeah. zooming by it's it that it looks comic book because comic books stole that look to make it look like something was peeling
0: out. Right. Know? Right. Um, or the aha video for take on me
1: or the aha video for take on me. Huh? Good song.
0: Good song. Yeah. He can but, still hit those notes too. Anyway, no, no way. Yes, he can. Look really? it up. Right. Yep, I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh,
1: yep. But you know, it's funny. I found a picture in while I was looking through um, stuff of his that I really liked. Here, I'm gonna st- I'll stick it in the uh, stick it in the robot here for you. Um, there's a lot of pictures of his that I never knew or never realized. Like this one, I think is really great. Uh, it's like a shadow of oh, him, yeah. yeah, in a doorway. But the way the shadow and the door work, it all just ends up with these crazy long angles, you know, coming into the frame. It's yeah. pretty cool. Uh,
0: another one of these guys that that had a huge variety of work. Yep, um, not just one style or another, but. But just kind of a hungry eye. Just shot and shot and shot and shot. Hungry
2: Um, eye.
0: Wow. Eric Carmen, Really? That's where you're going? (laughs) Hey, you made it. You made me do it. Uh, I learned it by watching you. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're not my dad. (laughs) Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, so yeah, another one of these guys that, that, again, uh, uh, just – shot and shot and and I think the the photographic world all the better for it I was not aware of this person until um gosh six months ago a year ago something like that really yeah interesting some of of those pictures though I've seen the photos I just never knew the body of work
1: um
2: okay Okay. the classic
1: picture is of the one of his cousin jumping off the stairs kind of sideways she's kind of like cocking to one side so it looks like she's kind of like throwing herself off the stairs and he catches her in midair which is okay. the crazy and it, stuff.
0: And just a reminder that, that nothing that you're shooting is new. Yeah. Uh, look at the thing I just pasted in for you, which is uh, a
1: beautiful woman in a tub where you just see her hands and her face sticking out
0: of the dirty water. Right. Yeah. So uh, you've seen a similar shot to this uh, of uh, Angelina Jolie by Annie Leibovitz. And uh, an earlier one of the, the, Whoopi, Goldberg Whoopi Goldberg in Goldberg. the milk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it, so inspiration these, is everywhere.
1: These people. Yeah. Go, go back and, and look at the people who did stuff a thousand years ago and you'll find stuff that, that, that would be interesting. Uh, now. Yeah. Beautiful. Work, um, it's really crazy. Beautiful. All these, he, you know, he used to go to all these races. So there's all these crazy pictures of early race cars and weird stuff. Like there's this, um, uh, Zizu's bobsled with wheels and the wheel is bent all out of shape. Cause it's a, it's sort of like a, um, it's a, what's it called wheel, uh, a bicycle wheel. You know? Right. And it's like you look at these things and you go, what a strange world he must have been in at the time.
0: You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, a lot of people point out that that uh, in Rushmore, there's all kinds of latigue pictures on the walls behind him behind. Oh, Max, really? Uh, in, in a scene. Yeah. Here I'll I'll put a link in the show notes here and, and here I'll send it to you, too. Um, so it's like obviously oh. Wes Anderson loves uh, this sort of uh, this sort of stuff, you know. What In fact, a lot is, of it really feels like maybe the okay, Zizu this, comes from, you know, the, from the movie comes from Zizu Oh, yeah. Zizu, his, his, yeah. Uh,
0: what's the, uh, the, the, the painter, uh, okay. Okay. So here's another, here's another comparison. Wait, 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 wait. So I just pasted a, a photo of, of, uh, a bunch of people with umbrellas on a beach. Oh, uh, it looks into, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Jack, Jack Vetriano.
1: Oh, Okay. Oh, Do you yep. see that? Oh, yeah. There's that one. I, I was actually thinking a different painting, but uh, fair enough.
0: Yeah. So interesting influences. Uh, uh, look, it's 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 all it's all sort of fair game, right? Yep. yep. Inspiration yep. is is as fair long game. as you're
1: changing it. As long as you change, you know, add a comment to the painting, you can take it and say that <laughs> nice. it's your own. Okay. <laughs> Wise guy. All right. I'll put a, I'll put a link to all these Latigue things in there. I can't believe we didn't use them. That's so strange to me.
0: I'm super glad
1: we did. He's a classic. When I saw in the show notes, you were just like, "Oh, let's T." I was like, "Oh yeah, all right, fair enough."
0: Fair enough. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, contact us. Send us some uh, some notes, some emails, uh, some, some you know, nice stuff. Don't yeah. send us bad stuff.
1: If you want to send us uh, a large gold bar,
0: <laughs> a large, we'll gold.
1: take that as well.
0: But but then it it might just be gold leaf over over lead over (laughs) lead that's right here you go i got a file i'll put a link to the show notes in that yeah uh Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com uh bill's on the twitter at uh, bill wadman i'm on the twitter at jeffrey sidoris and uh that's about it oh a new craft envision podcast coming up the gosh who's the uh tomorrow uh, a fellow called Henry Fernando. He's a Canadian photographer from, uh, from Ottawa. Actually, I don't know if he is Canadian, but he is from Ottawa. Um, and uh, really fun guy to talk to. Uh, this was his first uh, sit down interview. So I'm, I'm honored to be the first one to, to, to kind of get to talk to him. Very cool. Um, and he's got a, a book, uh, a new ebook coming out tomorrow, I think called Vision 365, an entire year's worth of assignments which is no easy feat. I mean, to, I can to tell you himself. I'm sorry.
1: He is. He assigned himself these things or, well,
0: well it, they're assignments for readers of the book. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But I, I, can tell you, Bill and I struggle with assignments week to week. So I can't imagine doing, you know, daily assignments.
1: Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a little work.
0: Yeah. So got to keep track um, of those. Yeah. Henry Fernando. Good guy. Really nice. to uh, enjoyed the conversation.
1: Uh, very cool. Uh, there's page. Yeah, I'm going to put a link up to a picture so you can see it. Uh, I'm going to put the, this is the Saul Melman thing where he, uh,
0: Oh, uh, the, the thing in the basement.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh Gee. wow. Look at that. Oh yeah. Put that in the, in the show notes. I, I put it in the show notes. Pretty yeah, cool. Right. Yeah. Like that's time consuming. You, I mean, you've worked with leaf before. Is it's that a, it's a pain. Is this mind numbingly boring doing yes, what he's doing? Because you can, you can only do
0: a small, like you know, a cu- a small an inch or two at a time. time right. Yeah. Yeah, a little How does
1: it stick to a flat surface? Do you have to texture it up to get it to stick? No, is that why just, you do the sandblasting?
0: Oh, uh, well, it might be to break the surface of of, and more likely, it's breaking the surface of any <sighs> impurities, you know, oils, uh, things like that. And then, and then you use uh, you use the the uh, gilding adhesive and let it tack up and. and okay, so there is out.
1: something you do put on essentially uh, a glue yeah. before you put yep. the stuff down. Yep. Yep. There, there are people though who just sort of painted over stuff that doesn't necessarily have anything on it is that true or not true yeah
0: you can i've i've done it where the acrylic medium that i use is tacky enough to hold it down while and then, wet no no let it, oh, okay, let it dry. Even dry yeah okay. uh and it's it's still got it because it doesn't need much of attack i mean this right, stuff yeah, is yeah, yeah. It's so so thin
1: and is it the kind of thing uh, where if you brush harder it actually grabs harder or do you end up tearing it if you brush too hard? Well,
0: you use a very soft brush. I use a, a little badger hair brush and, and, you know, you, I suppose you could brush harder and tear some away, but if you want it to stay, you just, you just want to go lightly over get all the air bubbles out, get the wrinkles out. Um, does, does it, does it get into the brush? So the brush ends up all, you can only use it for that. Um, sort of, it depends on, on what type, like on the stuff that I use it on because it's so textural. Bits of of the leaf break away, yeah. um, and I only use that brush for that that particular thing. Yeah, um, and I but I think it's more of of keeping the softness and keeping the impurities out of the brush.
1: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. But anyway. this is uh,
0: this is a large project with gold leaf. This would yeah, take it, it took all him all like time. six months or something to do.
1: He also, yeah. by the way, uh, has a shipping container out in the desert, not far from you, like up up by uh, Joshua Tree. Mm. That he's turned into a camera obscura, and oh, neat. and uses sensitized paper to make images of whatever's in front of the box. Wow, neat! And uh, apparently, it's a seven-minute exposure. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, what is he up there? Certain times of the year doing this? I mean, yeah, I- he
1: flies out to do it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Neato. So next time fun. he's out
1: there, if I know that he's going out there, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Cause maybe, maybe you're, you're there and, and you can, that would
0: be super cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it seems like he kind of taught himself how to do this stuff and the stuff he ends up with is very sort of, um, low, um, low contrast, you know, it's very right. like early chemistry kind of stuff. It's sure. Sure. It doesn't look finished in the normal way. They kind of become abstract
0: kind of things. Neato. Yeah. All right. Uh, good, good stuff. All right. Uh, so we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Da, Until da, next time, da, 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 America. Da, 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 da. That sounds like
0: yeah. Maury Povich.
1: Da, da, da,
0: da, da, da. <laughs> what was that thing that uh, that a current affair thing? <gasps> 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 <laughs> remember that big, yeah, that big yeah. It's like terrible chime. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Yep.
2: This way.